We've had great fun this morning worshipping God and praising God. Many of you will know that I was a visiting preacher at a different church last week. It's always a good experience. It makes you appreciate your church very much. And uh, I was there preaching and uh, the service was overrunning. It never happens here. And um, I wasn't in control of the whole service. I was literally just preaching and leading the communion. And the service had been going over an hour before I got up to preach. So I then had to preach, and then I had to do communion. And I was reflecting as we came to the communion, uh, how people that week had queued for 24 hours to see the coffin of our late queen. But we had instant access to the throne room of the King of Kings. Why do I say that? Because as we talk today, we're talking in the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. God is here. Have you appreciated that this morning? God is here. God has heard every word we have said. And I'm sorry, God has also heard every thought you have thought. And God looks at those And that offering of worship has been a fragrant offering that has gone to the very throne room of God and God is receiving what he's receiving. What's he receiving from you and from me? And so as we carry on this Church But Unchanged series... I'm coming back again and again to asking, has our experience of being in the presence of God actually changed us at all? Has being in the presence of God changed us? Has it changed you today? Or will we go out as if, well, we've done that for another week, we can now get back to living our life as we want to. And maybe you've got your list of jobs to do yet today. And uh, I don't want to remind you of them, and I don't want you to set your mind on them. And maybe you're thinking, I hope that... Uh, did I turn the oven on? Oh, I think I put the things in it. But did I turn it on? Joe, we've had the time and we've turned the oven on but forgotten to put the things in it. Doesn't seem to work that way round. And we're we're worried about these things because we think they're the most important things in the world. But actually, the important thing in the world right now is to listen to what God wants to say to us. And in this series, Church But Unchanged, at times we will hear hard things. And at times, It will challenge us. If you've got a Bible or a digital device which has got a Bible on, you might want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, which Barbara just read for us. 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, I'm reading from verse 7 or using the verses from verse 7 that Barbara read. You have in 1 Peter... 
Peter's main thoughts, 1 and 2 Peter, he doesn't write a lot, he doesn't write, but this is the important things that he's wanting to share with the church at that time. And he begins off with, the end of things, time is near. Now, he wrote this 2,000 years ago, so we don't know what near meant then, but what I can tell you is whatever near meant then is nearer now. Because we know, as Christians, and the Bible's quite clear, one day Jesus will come back again. Yes? And we're looking forward to it, yes? Do you know, the Queen Elizabeth, once when she heard about that, she says, oh, I hope it comes soon so I can worship my Saviour. Now, the Queen's going to say that. Maybe we need to get into that attitude. We hope Jesus will come back soon. Come, Lord Jesus. But we need to be ready. People often ask the question, when will Jesus return? We do not know that. The Bible does not say that. It doesn't say that which year he's going to return. You can do all kinds of calculations in the scriptures. People have done it and tried to prove that they know when Jesus will return and they've all been shown to be foolish. God never designed and expected us to know the moment of his return. But what the Bible says quite clearly, he will come like a thief in the night. It will be unexpected. And he will come. And we need to be ready. And one of the ways of being ready is that of getting involved in the service of God. Getting involved in the service of God. One Peter goes on and says this, therefore, be alert and of sober mind. Being alert is one thing we struggle with, isn't it? Particularly at the end of the day, being alert, being alert, being alert. When we cross main road, many of us are very alert. That car's coming far too fast and all those sorts of things. But are we alert to the things of God? Are we alert to the presence of God? And it goes on, love each other. So as we come to the theme of service, which this passage picks up, I want to say a few things. Firstly, we need to learn to serve out of love. Peter says, above all. That's, you know, the first and foremost thing. Love each other. He's talking to the church. He's not talking to a husband and wife here. He's not talking to a romantically involved couple. He's talking to the church of Jesus Christ. And he says, above all things, love each other. Above everything else. Above our agendas, above all our busyness, above everything, love one another. Goes over with a sort of a 
a better statement here. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Recognize we're going to mess up. We're going to upset each other. But if it comes firstly from a relationship of love, whatever we do that messes up, God, we, one another will still know that we love each other. Love. It's a powerful thing. And it's what Peter has described as a primary thing to belonging to the church of God. And so our service should start from a place of love. And firstly, a love for God. Service should come from a relationship and a love of God. Not because people are forcing us to do something or because we suppose we ought to do something. But it comes from a relationship with the living God that we serve because we love God and we want to serve God. We want to serve him because of our love for him. And God calls each one of us into service, women and men, young and old, to serve him with the gifts that we have and we'll come on to that. And I want to say the lack of service sometimes reflects our lack of love for God. Is that hard to hear? Is that hard to hear? You see, if we truly love someone... We want to help them. We want to serve them. Isn't that not right? So if we truly love God, it will follow that we will seek to serve God. And an absence of our serving for whatever reason is a reflection on our relationship with God. And so I ask you today, that question I asked a few weeks ago, when Peter was there in John 21 and he had messed up and he got it wrong, Jesus doesn't say, Peter, are you good enough? He says, Peter, do you love me? And as soon as Peter says yes, he says, right, now go and serve me in this way. And I want to ask you today, Do you really love God? In which case, the reaction, the response would be, yes, Lord, I love you. I will serve you. I will serve you. Might take a while to work out how, but serving out of love for God. And then for others, Serving one another. The church at its purest state in Acts chapter 2. We see there something of community. This week I had the privilege of spending a day with all the church leaders in the centre of Romford. And we went away for a day. And we went up to a Christian community where people live together in Christian community and they run this site 
Um, they've managed to get it totally off-grid, so they've got all the solar power, and they run their own gardening and all this sort of thing. It's absolutely wonderful. But to sit there and hear their story of how, first and foremost, they live as community, making sure everybody is supported and loved and cared for. No one is more important than the other. But then that community is a welcoming community to all who come in. Interestingly, when you go as a visitor, you are seen as part of the community, so you get the opportunity to serve as well and to help make the food and to clear up after the meals and all those sorts of things. It is community. Jesus' church is a community. And our love for one another means that we serve one another. We care for one another. We reach out for one another. Because of our call of Jesus Christ to love. James, writing it towards the end of the New Testament, says, faith without works is dead. Love without service is empty. And as a community, I believe God's saying to his church, serve me and serve one another. And serve those who are in need. The Bible's full of passages about caring for needy, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. And that's part of love. Loving those who God loves. And serving them. And also loving the lost. Those who don't need Jesus enough to tell them about Jesus. Serving. So the first point was to serve because we love. Love God, love others, love those in need, love the lost. The second thing I want to say is serve with what you have. In verse 9, I find this, this might be a challenge this verse, so let me just give you a health warning before we read it, okay? Are you ready? It says this, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I know those last two words are going to be very hard. Because we love to grumble, don't we? Offer hospitality. What's that mean? Offer what we have. Offer our resources, our time, our welcome. And do it joyfully, with a spirit of, I have a blessing that I can pass on. Where actually we intentionally go to say, how can I bless the other with what God has given me? And so, I want 
to stop for a moment and ask us, what have we got that God can use? And you might think, well, I need to make sure that's secure and that's secure and that's secure. Let me tell you, our security is in Jesus. That's where our security is. Despite what the government might say, our security is in whatever policies they have chosen to do this week. Our security is in Jesus. Your security is not in your job. Your security is not in your bank balance. Your security is in Jesus. And so as we offer that hospitality, as we offer that welcome, as we offer what God has given us to others, we're not undermining our security. We're just doing what God says, and our security is still held firm. Thirdly, serve according to your gifts. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Steve, I was really impressed that you say you can train people. I think I might be your challenge for this week. <laughs> but Steve, you're right that God has gifted people. And just like when we heard Steve's testimony that he started leading worship at the age of eight according to the gifts that God had given him, we need to look at the gifts that God has given us and ask ourselves the question, how can I offer them to God's service? God's service is done through the church often, but it's to God. And it, that verse is quite clear. Each of you should use whatever gifts God has given you. I believe... And this is a bold statement. I believe Romford Baptist Church could do far more than it is doing. If only there was a release of all the gifts that God had given us. There was a church that was doing a great big building project. And the church meeting was gathered in the typical Baptist way. And everybody's worried, how are we going to pay for it? And the treasurer stood up. You've got to watch the church treasurer. The treasurer turned up, stood up, and he says, Friends, I have great news. We have all that we need to do this project for God's glory. The bad news is still in your pockets and you've got to release it. In the New Testament times, in Acts chapter 2, everybody gave what they had for the common purse, but they also gave their talent for the common. And I want to say to us today, God has given each one of us gifts. And I admire the gifts and the talents that exist within this church. 
90% of the gifts in this church and other people I don't have myself. And that's great because that's the diversity that we have as a community of God's people. But the challenge for each one of us here is how we're going to use the gift God has given us for his service. And the verse says that we do it as faithful stewards of God's grace in its faithful various forms. What does that mean? If God has given something, it's not ours. It belongs to God. And so therefore should be given to God for him to use however he chooses. We had our offering and we give our gifts and that's great. And they will be used for God's glory to support and work the ministry of this church. What we can't put in there is our gifts and skills. If only we could, eh? We can only do that when we physically, individually get involved. And I believe as we are talking about church but unchanged, God is saying to his people, stop being on the sidelines and get involved with the skills and gifts that God has given you because this is part of your actual worship. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says these words, offer your whole lives as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. And maybe today God is saying to some of us, it's time that we again offer God our whole. That God can take us and use us, the whole of us. Anything short of that is not giving God everything he has given you for his glory. It's hard to hear, isn't it? It's hard to hear. But I believe God is calling us to serve according to our gifts. Because God has invited you to use your gifts and to invest them into his service. And to do that as faithful stewards. As we read on, we start to get a bit of illustration, really, in verse 11. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That sense that we should do so and use our skills for God's service. It goes on. 
If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God supplies. And so our gifts of time, our gifts of gifts of talents, our gifts of resources, our gifts of speech, everything should be offered by God's power. By God's power. Now there's a great temptation when we start serving that we then believe that the church owes us something for it. Or individuals owe us something for it. And we use our service as a bit of a bargaining tool. If you don't do what I want, I'm not going to serve. That's fine. If that's your attitude, don't serve is what I say. Because actually what we are doing is we're coming to serve God. If you can go to God and say, okay, God, if you don't do what I want, I'm not going to serve you, then that's your battle between you and God. And let me tell you, when you start arguing with God, I know who wins. But if you come with humility, and just simply say, Lord, take me, use me for your purposes, whether I like them or not whether I gain from them or not, whether they're wholesome or not for me, I just give you my time and my gifts. Lord, use me. And I script this passage as it comes towards its conclusion of this and it goes on to talk about suffering for being a Christian but we're not going to go there it's talked about doing so with the strength that God provides and then it says so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ As I said last week, I preached in a church and afterwards I received far more emails than I ever get from Romford. <laughs> and they were lovely emails about how God had spoken and that sort of thing. And there's that temptation as a preacher to think, oh, didn't I do well? And then I came to prepare this and the scripture says, to God give the glory. We appreciate you, Steve, as a worship leader and all you're doing, but to God goes the glory for all you do. Samuel, we really appreciate you as our treasurer. You're a great man, but sorry, to God goes the glory. And to person after person, we love the flowers, and we really appreciate those who do the flowers week by week, but to God goes the glory. We love the AV team, but to God goes the glory. It doesn't mean we don't appreciate people. We do appreciate you. 
really appreciate it, but to God goes the glory. And to each one of us, as we seek to serve God, in the words of Peter, 1 Peter, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And I want to say to us today, is it time to start serving? Or to serve that bit more? Is it time to stop being on the spectator bench? And to get involved in the game. I always get amused at those who go to football matches and they know how it should be done, but they're not on the field running around because they were never good enough. <laughs> and church sometimes feels like that football match where a few people are running around being busy and everybody's standing watching saying, I wouldn't have done it that way. God's calling you to be serving. I encourage you, after this service, pray hard. Pray hard. What's God saying to you? What's God talking to you about? And then when you're ready, get in touch with the church. Give it a ring or whatever and ask to speak to one of the leadership team about how you might start to serve God. And maybe you've stopped serving and now's the time to get back involved in serving again. And maybe you stopped serving because you felt hurt. Well, find way to forgive those who hurt you. And come back because of your love for the Lord. Maybe you stopped serving because you weren't getting appreciated. Read your Bible. It's God who should get the appreciation. Let's learn to serve without complaining for a deep love of our Lord. Not for any empire, but that God's will and God's work will truly be done. It's time to release all the resources that God has given to Romford Baptist Church. Time to let, give them out that God can use them. And then to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Amen.